This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Karim. Good, man. Good. Thanks. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a real honour to be here. It's, um, yeah, wonderful. Thank you. I'm loving the T-shirt. I'm oh, loving all your merchandise, actually. I, I, well, hey, look at this. I'm totally on brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, is this something that you've actually been just sort of organising recently, is it the the merch is at the next stage of this journey we're going to chat about today do you think or it's um well it's just it's just something that I added in recently i thought it would be be cool for people to have a, a thing that they actually have rather than just an entirely like um digital relationship yeah yeah um, uh, that's where it came from and i'm doing this thing through uh teespring which is the website that kind of hosts the store and they get they get a cut of the of the the cost yeah, and yeah. what it means is that they can ship worldwide and you have a whole massive wide selection of colors and stuff and you don't have to hold any stock yourself so it's, it's it's pretty good there's there's quite low like margins so i don't make a little bit of money but not a huge amount yeah. but it's more about building that that connection with people who people who resonate with fight dad which is kind of cool fantastic are you using a standing desk Yes, yeah, I am. So that's why I'm moving around quite so much and the ceiling is just here. That, that's brilliant <laughs> as well. Uh, I think more people should look into that. Is that what, what sort of got you onto that? Um, back pain and yeah. performance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my, um, my day job involves a lot of desk work at computers and before last year involved quite a lot of driving to go to and from meetings and stuff. Gradually found that my posture was getting more and more like rounded over, you know, modern day posture. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it was causing me like headaches and shoulder pain and neck pain and back pain and everything that goes with that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I couldn't punch or kick as hard or run as fast or jump as high or throw anyone as heavier than me anymore. Yep. And um, started looking to like, I should probably get a massage for my neck. <laughs> and um, I went along to someone who, it was a, an acquaintance of mine in Bath, which is the city where I live. And he'd, he'd been along to the martial arts club that I was training at at the time just to advertise his services. Yep. And I thought, I, I, don't need, I don't need that. It's not for me. I could sort it out myself. Classic, kind of classic young oh, man response, isn't it? You know? <laughs> and anyway, I went along to see him. I was like, yeah, can you give me a massage for my neck? And he you know, made me like stand up and balance on one leg and you know, twist around and bend over and touch my toes and see what range of motion I had in different ways. And he said, oh, okay. Uh, actually the problems in your hip flexors and your calves and you know like the very top of your bicep where it inserts under here and yeah. I said but but the pain's in my neck and he goes yeah 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 we'll get to that don't worry and um yeah over this kind of this finite course of treatment mm -hmm. you kind of you basically reset my entire posture so I was about two inches taller suddenly stood upright again 
could breathe a lot easier. Yep. Felt lighter on my feet. Felt happier. It was, it was totally weird. I was like, I went in for just like, basically the same as a painkiller. Just you know, just just fix it for now, so I can get back to doing what I was doing. And it totally revolutionized everything. Yeah. Everything I do and the way I approach stuff. So yeah, that's led to. Um, what else did you recommend? You recommended that I reset my sitting desk and workstation a bit more because um, like I'm right-handed so I had you know the mouse over there and that depresses your shoulder a bit this way and if you're typing on a keyboard over there spend a long time in this kind of like unusual unnatural position holding yeah. the phone on your shoulder like this while you're clicking away so I still got a tendency to bend my head one way um, but I reset all of that stuff and he said have you looked into standing desks and stuff I was like I looked at it quickly and I was like, oh, that's expensive. <laughs> that looks like hard part of me. And then, you know, two or three years later, I was like, well, I need to get a standing desk. So, yeah, I've, I've got one that um, um, I invested. It's not splashed out. It's invested. Invested yeah. a bit more cash in it. And um, it, it's, it's fairly high level. So it's quite, it's quite stable because I think some of the cheaper ones can be a little bit wobbly. Yeah. And even this one, there's only a teeny bit of wobble, which is, which is great. It means that it feels like a solid surface for writing and typing on and stuff. And um, yeah, it's electric, so I can sit down when I want to, stand up when I want to, Very put it a bit lower, and I can like got one of those inflatable gym balls. So okay, yeah, yeah. On that, there's a little bit of core activation. Yeah. At the same time. So um, yeah, highly recommend the standing desk. It's worth the investment. So think about it over five years. Divide the cost by five years and be like, I can burn a few more calories. Yeah. I cannot be sat down for as many hours. So any any of my own students that will be listening to this will be, uh, well, some of them might take it on board. Some of them might be rolling their eyes and saying, oh, here we go again. I, I, I very funny that you mentioned being in a sort of physio or, or being a therapist and I'm talking about hips and standing in one leg and balance, et cetera, et cetera. And I had... Uh, let me get this right now, gluteal, uh, that's your backside friend that's listening, uh, gluteal tendinopathy or tendinitis, one of these things where uh, as the glutes were coming up to attach onto the bottom in my back, the tendons were really inflamed and the physio who I've used ever since pretty much took me to pieces at my, my first consultation and as a martial artist all these years, right, stand in one leg or you've got a weakness here, and this ego thing came in and it was like, I certainly don't have a weakness there. Uh, <laughs> but you absolutely do. And since then, my whole approach, even to teaching class, has changed. I see so many people now, like, and I talk about this all the time, deadlifting, and it's all about personal bests. And I'm watching people's backs being at breaking point and everything's got to be heavier. And now... A lot of people might say that I'm just getting old, but I think with that age comes that maturity. And this is all I speak to my own students about, about investing in your body. Uh, it's not a cost. All the things you've just... You've, I'm so glad that you started today's conversation <laughs> talking about that because, uh, yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Uh, no, right. I, I get you, man. And um, do, do, I, I still love deadlifts. Absolutely. Yep. Um yeah, the, the the personal best has to be has to be a repeatable personal best for it to count in my yeah. book. 
So it has to be something that doesn't injure you. And, you know, if you did it again, wouldn't injure you that second time. Yeah. So it needs to be, needs to be like the same uh, form, the same alignment and structure as it is when it's 80%, 50% of your total maximum maximum. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've seen, but I do post deadlift videos on online occasionally. Yeah, uh, again, listen. Everybody knows. But Don't that's, get me that's wrong. Not, just, that's not everything I do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just using deadlifts as it could be any exercise, to be honest. It could be squats. It could be anything that that, that anybody does. But you know, maybe this is a good segue because I, I wanted to start on the dad thing. I mm-hmm. uh, I was listening the other day to your appearance on uh, the Marshall View uh, podcast with Dan, and that was a really brilliant conversation that you guys had. And obviously, you were talking about your feelings and emotions as you went in to, to start Fight Dad. And I thought mm. to myself, I, I'm going to start uh, my conversation with Harry on this today, but I will I'll be my usual... Uh, I want to push it a wee bit, if you don't mind. And again, we'll see how the conversation goes, because I thought that was the actual story or one of the things that will resonate with people the most was just your inspiration behind fight let me start again behind starting fight dad so Mm. to kick us off uh, if you can tell us what fight dad is and then let's go back and talk about the ideas behind why fight dad became a thing sure there's there's a, a bit of a misconception that like fight dad is my nickname and that's that's not the way I see it. It might okay. be the way that other people see it. Of course, that's that's cool, but that's not the way that I see it. I see it as um, as someone who is a father figure. Okay. Yeah. And often express their values through the kind of power of martial arts. But it doesn't even have to be that necessarily. It could be someone. It could be through the power of you know fighting for something worth protecting preserving growing all of that stuff so it kind of becomes a a little bit generic so that's why i try and tune it towards you know what i know which is filipino martial arts and and muay thai and a few other arts as well but mainly mainly fma filipino martial arts but it's actually my conversation with dan kind of inspired me to push my own definition of fight dad on a bit further Okay. So he said, it sounds a bit like a superhero. He did. Yeah. And I just thought, yes, yes, I'm totally going to steal that. Thanks so much, Dan. And uh, there we go. So credit where credit's due, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's why it's here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> this is why people that are just listening to the show, because it's, it's available on audio versions as well. This is why people who are just listening to the show should... Uh, check out the YouTube uh, videos as well. It, oh, it, yeah, adds yeah. A, it adds a whole different layer to the to each episode, so it does. Absolutely. Okay, for, for the <laughs> uh, for the audio audience, I'm wearing a T-shirt that has the Fight Dad logo, which is Fight Dad, and then a kind of swishing, swirling, punching fist coming over behind it. And the logo is right in the very center of my chest, right above my be- uh, breastplate. Yep. So front and center, just like all the decent superheroes. And my mime was to tear off my boring suit 
rip the buttons of the shirt, <laughs> pull the yeah. string vest to pieces, and then you're ready to go. Of course, you don't need to do that because it's already inside your mind. Um, yeah, so, so and getting back to your actual question that, you know, what is fight down? It's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a call, it's a call to action for those, those dads, those, parent, those parents and those father figures. Because you don't have to be like a biological dad to be a father figure. Yes. You could be uh, an adoptive dad or part of a blended family. But even if you just have other people that you can influence in your life, whether you know it or not, in that father figure way. And of course, we all do this all the time. Is all your behavior is setting an example for everyone else around you, and whether you're conscious of it or not, and whether they are or not. It's for that type of person who kind of uses the vehicle of martial arts for, you know, self improvement and helping others improve. Yeah. But that, in its kind of widest context, is where it is. Then when it comes to more. Um, specifics kind of my own circumstances are I've got two young kids uh, one is almost two and the other one is almost five yep. so it's still we're just about coming out at the end of um, <laughs> I'm not going to stand too close to the camera so you see my bloodshot eyes and, uh... <laughs> how are you guys nine you're just Harry you're just getting to the next stage buddy that's where you're heading but anyway <laughs> no 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 everything's rosy after this isn't it oh, well okay yeah, I take that, I'll edit that bit out of the video in case there's anything else in your situation. Yeah, who thinks it's all going to be rosy after after this? But sorry, gets, anyway, carry on. Easier, mate. That's, that's, that's all. Um, yeah, so so with that with that transition from um, before being a parent to to kind of being a parent and you know wanting to be super involved and responsible and you know. A really important part of my children's upbringing and you know supporting my wife with all that as well and also still working and also still teaching martial arts and everything else I was trying to do like a whole load of that stuff had to just be be put on pause put to one side um, and that's cool because it helped a lot with priority but what I found was because I was I felt like I was missing out on the the socializing, the hanging around after class, the kind of training long, uh, you know, long, long hours at the weekends or just that impromptu kind of meet up at the park or like, should we go to this seminar this weekend? You used to be able to say yes straight away. And now it's like, you kind of need to book me about six months in advance. And then it's still a maybe, you know, that I got a big feeling of like, feeling of loss and a, it was like a period of mourning for the death of my old life. Yeah, uh, understandable. Not yeah. That it actually died, you know, because it's just it's just a change, isn't it? It's just yeah, yeah. Floating down the river and it goes around the corner, so it's you should look ahead, not behind. Uh, you know, easier said than done, though sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, yeah, the 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 things that I found was with my own training, I really needed to really dial it back to what is the absolute fundamental and how can I get the maximum stuff in the minimum time so i'm still being both effective and efficient um and and that it all still tied together so i had to like drop a lot of the 
uh, fluff on the sides and the you know if we're talking in gym language it's like junk volume so you, you do your, your main lifts that are the main working sets and then instead of doing all right now i'm going to do 25 sets of bicep curls to exhaustion nah just drop that bit i don't i don't have the 40 minutes that that takes and it's not really worth it that the, the cost reward ratio is not really not really there for me yeah so it's really made me make my training a whole lot more efficient um so this is where i do this kind of hybrid circuit like workouts or um I'm, I'm pretty blessed because i've got a big enough garage to have a garage gym so i'm, I'm really really lucky with with that so i've got my kind of you know, weight setup punch bag and little tire tire dummy for smashing with a stick so if i do have two minutes it's when you take the recycling out to go in the big recycling box outside and pick up a stick like wax a tire for two minutes and then come back in and yeah so you just squeeze in just that little bit more training um yeah have i answered the question i feel like i've rambled a little way no listen <laughs> rambling's good uh i said this to you when i first reached out to you i I don't like the idea of people being interviewed. I search out people who, as I say, I've been following your Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And uh, it's people of interest. And as I said, the, the more that I looked behind what your actual message was, I thought something's brought this guy to feel this this need to, to follow this path or to organize what you're organizing at the minute. And we've got plenty of time to, to set that out and, and lay it out for everybody to see. Uh, so yeah, I don't I think I think you've you've you I think you've started the conversation for sure. <laughs> so what to do is be if you can be be a tiny wee bit more specific now on where you actually are with Fight Dad and, and what it actually is. And then we can circle back again and maybe talk a wee bit about what you were doing before and that'll help people with that that transition. So don't let me forget, at the end of the podcast, I always like to offer people the chance to give a wee shout out to their website and stuff, but fightdad.com. If I was a martial artist and I was struggling for time and I wanted to look at online training, I popped on to fightdad.com and I'm introduced to you for the first time. What's on there? Well, there's a little welcome section and at the banner at the top immediately there is Click this button to get on the free course. Yeah. So, you know, there's well, there's options for people finding out a little bit more about me. There's a little bit of about. There's some sample videos and stuff on my main website. But the thing on people to get to get going and rolling with is it's like it's like if you if you went to several different martial arts clubs and you went to one class at Kareem's club. And then the next week you went to one class at the club down the road. And then the next week you went to another class at the club across the other side of town. Would you be learning something that is a systematic education with consistent principles heading towards a single goal? I think it would be unlikely. It might, maybe, but, but pretty unlikely. Whereas, and I, I saw that with YouTube because YouTube is a really easy rabbit hole to get into. Yeah. And it's good for picking up, you know, one or two little hints and tricks and stuff. If you already kind of know what you're doing and you just want a bit of refinement, you go, oh, that's how this person teaches that detail. And kind of you just add that just into the pre-existing kind of abilities and memory banks. Yep. 
But if you're after something that's either a new topic to you or you want a, a new, whole new perspective, then that takes a little bit of time and consistency with the same uh, approach and outcomes to gain that systematic education. You're going to build all the bricks the same size before you can make a wall that's that's reasonably like straight and high and strong. Yeah, yeah. So I've made several several courses now, and that's the reason for making them as courses rather than just kind of random videos. So my YouTube channel does have videos on there, and the aim of those is to either to provide standalone values, like I've got some heavy bag workouts that you just you hit play and you punch the bag at the same time as me. And we kind of work out together. I've got a few right. solo classes like that too. But the aim of the courses is that it's it's a yeah, it's a, it's a it's a sum of information with a specific kind of outcome in mind, right. all presented by the same person who keeps their principles kind of consistent. Right. Yeah. 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 So I've got I've got a, a free course which is solo training for long range stick sparring. Um, You've got some examples of what you can do if you don't have like a proper Carly stick or anything. So just a bit of bit of plastic PVC pipe will do or an offcut of a bit of wood. And even if you have nothing, you can just pretend that it's in your hand and you hit like you would like a hammer fist. And it's it's all the same motions. Um, but there's there's some some building blocks in there, and then there's a way of putting all together into your own kind of short workouts with visualization of an opponent. And those solo skills are things that will then um, really help you when you get back in the gym or with a partner and you're looking to do kind of long range tag sparring of um, hands, hands and leg. Yep. So that's, that's the free one. And then I've got a few other kind of paid courses which are, which are like that, but uh, either a whole lot more depth or a whole lot more kind of uh, breadth. Yeah. Or there's one with, with both. I think uh, I think you're slightly underplaying that, and I think uh, this is one of the things that do you know. This is one of the things that's high on my list of attributes, I guess, that that I look for people and who I enjoy having uh, having on the show. I think you've set up something, and again, I had I had uh, I had Matt Chapman on a couple, maybe five or six episodes ago now. Uh, give a wee shout out to that episode and I think you're one of the people who Matt has has helped in a way oh, yeah. to possibly I think we might be on a different stage of martial arts teaching now uh, now I, I, I don't have an online course uh, and I've just been really lucky the way sort of Scotland's opened up again and, and we can get back to, to teaching classes but I th I think long gone are the days now or I hope they are where people, because I know I was one of them. And when I had Matt on, we were talking about this, who looked down their sort of nose at online courses and you can't learn anything on a video and mm -hmm. all of this nonsense. And it's brilliant to have people like yourself who are actually investing their time to go and put quality stuff out there. Uh, if I thought it was a lot of rubbish, you wouldn't burn my podcast for a start, you know. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> very much, man. Very no, and, and I think I think it's I think it's important that we get away from this. And I was one of these dinosaurs that was like, no, no, it's got to be traditional and and this and that. And, and I think martial arts has changed. And if I hadn't slightly gotten bored with Zoom classes and stuff, 
during the pandemic, then I might not have a Taekwondo school as we as we speak. So I think it's it's brilliant work. Uh, what were you doing before all of this? Then did you have a, a do you have classes that were normal? He says after all of this, uh, normal classes yeah. where you were meeting in gym halls and things and actually teaching live. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, up to uh, up to early March, I had it was 30 ish um, students. Yep, yep. yep. Um, all all adults because not I'm not yet got into teaching kids because I wanted to like you know swear and stab each other in the class and then and keep your sanity. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't yet ready for creating a kids version of the syllabus. Yeah. And I'm not shut the door on that yet, but I wasn't quite wasn't quite there yet. Um, and yeah, we would train four four times a week, or well, four hours a week maximum in like a kind of community hall in Bath, and had some really good kind of dedicated students. And a lot of them have stuck with me through the the zooms, and then the few kind of outdoor meetups we've had. Yeah. Uh, now that things are opening up again, uh, we're trying to reconvene. Some of that some of that stuff but we'll have to see how everyone because a lot of people's schedules have changed and a lot of their circumstances have changed some jobs have changed some people have moved away other people have moved in yeah. um so i don't want to put a lot of pressure on my like previous students of saying we're open you know form your life around this again yeah until they're ready so we're we're, we're easing back into it but yeah absolutely I had um, physical classes and Something's going really weird with my colour balance here. That's all right. I just, I just stand here very still. <laughs> Fine. You know, um, on Zoom, if you move a lot on Zoom, uh, this might be purely coincidental. Or uh, I, I find a lot of people, your, your signal, by the way, is perfect. But uh, a lot of people who, who struggle, the more they move if they're animated, and I'll try and stop moving my hands at the moment uh, so it doesn't happen to me. I, I don't know that... that it might be a wee time delay something or, or something happens. So people that are animated like I am and move, generally stuff happens on Zoom with them. But you, you're, there's a wee colour shift sometimes. But apart from that, you're grand. You're fine. Cool. I'll just um, turn it off auto white balance and we'll see if that helps. Okay, that's cool. Okay. I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of technology that I've learned about in the last year that I never even knew existed before. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. sure a lot of people have seen. But... Um, yeah, back back to your back to your question. Yeah, I, I I love teaching physical classes. I think it's um don't take this wrong way, but I like to hit people and for them to try and hit me back. It's, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the main it's the main part in it. Um but yeah, I I listened to your, your conversation with Matt Chapman. It's a really good one. If if uh, and if anybody listening hasn't heard it, you should go and listen slash watch that one on the on the okay. YouTube or the audio. <laughs> Uh, platforms really good it, there are there are different ways that everyone can learn there's there's uh there's watching there's feeling there's reading and hearing yep. watching reading feeling and hearing so in a physical class you get um watching hearing and feeling which is cool and in an online course, you might get watching and hearing. And so what I try and do with mine is um, make, either make subtitles that go with the video mm -hmm. 
or make a like a downloadable PDF that's printable and you can write your own notes on. Yeah. So I'm trying to cover three of those four bases. Ideal would be to cover all four. And um, yeah, when we get back to physical teaching, I'm going to be almost insisting that everybody takes notes because <laughs> then we've got all four parts in. Yep, yep, sure. Something, they've felt it done, they've done it, they've heard me explain it, and then they've written down about it as well. Yeah. And with all of those dimensions of learning, it's going to sink deeper into the brain and the, it's not muscle memory, it's motor engram, isn't it? That's what it is, motor engram. The motor engram, which is the nervous path connection of connecting A to, to D mm-hmm. in your brain, is yeah. going to be more strongly reinforced. Yep. Uh, so that's... That's it. And, and yeah, the, the, the shift over to online has come to a lot of people through necessity, which is just good in a way. Yep, yep. Because you then see that possibility. And like you and Matt were talking about in your, in your chat with him, my pool of students has now gone from whatever the population of Bath is and being able to get 25 of them, which is pretty low percentage, and I can probably do better next time around, <laughs> um, has now gone to anybody. Um, I got some students in the States and Canada, got someone from Brazil, uh, got someone in Moldova, uh, got several people in Australia and New Zealand and Hong Kong and um, all over Europe. And a good, probably about half of these students are either people who really wanted to learn Filipino martial arts and couldn't find anyone close to them, but maybe do, or actually one of them doesn't have a training buddy, but have a training buddy who they can, who they can practice with in person. Yep. And then most of the other half, so I've got half so far, yeah, a quarter are people who really wanted to learn Filipino martial arts and tried it but were confused and made to feel stupid and guilty and ashamed of themselves. And so didn't bother, carried on doing what they were doing. But there's still that little seed of I wanted to learn it in there. And I try and present things in the simplest way that start from absolute fundamental building blocks and include encouragement along the way. Yep. Um, yep. I want to come back to that in a bit. But they, they've, you know, they've watched a few of my YouTube videos and then they've gotten a free course and then they've gone, wow, this is great. And they've come into one of the paid side of things, which is wonderful as well, because that means I get revenue and that means I can advertise to more people and they can all kind of, yeah, you know, join in and benefit as well. Yep. And, and their, their feedback to me is, I wish someone had explained it this way 25 years ago. You know, and I would have, I would have learned a whole lot more by then. So that, that's quite a powerful motivator for me, those, those two elements. Oh, and the, the remaining quarter are, are um, cool people who love learning. They might already know the stuff and they, they kind of, you know, they, they want to hear it in a different way and they, all, they, they like it as well. So that's, those are my main kind of three types of customer. Yeah. Um, and I love them all. So if you're, if you're listening, thanks very much. And um, let's continue working together. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the... A couple of bits I want to try and unpack from my side, from what you've said there. Uh, One of the things we were doing was 
patterns workshops, uh, kata forums, patterns. Uh, obviously, different uh, arts have different names for them. We were doing what we called patterns workshops on Sunday afternoons because although we have classes on Sunday afternoons, during the pandemic, people weren't out and about. It was just you had to find something to do, and I would start from like 12 in the afternoon to four in the afternoon in, in front of my laptop as I am at the moment and start from white belt and go all the way through to, to the high black belt patterns and, and talk people through move for move. And the point I'm going to make here is the amount of adult students in particular who came back to me uh, and said, okay, we love being back at actual physical class, but please try and fit these in because and the point you made is brilliant. It's a different way of learning. And they weren't trying to watch everybody else in class. They weren't being rushed and, and they didn't feel pressure that the guy next to them was faster at it or better. And they felt it was just like a one-to-one. Even though I could see 10 people on my screen, they could only see me. And it was mm. a way of explaining it move for move. And I actually found, I would say, and this is dead strange, and some people these dinosaurs that I used to be one of won't agree with us. But after a year of being locked down and teaching virtually, I would say that the technical standard of my students is better than what it was. And that's quite a scary thought as well, because so why are we doing technical classes? Well, we're doing technical classes because we can't hit each other through Zoom and we can't feel that contact and there isn't the interaction that being together, all those positives but giving people a different way of learning. And uh, again, it's one of those things you've said that I'm so glad that you did because hopefully people will investigate it a wee bit more. Even the people that say, there's no way I'm learning on, online, just to give it a wee try and see if it maybe just helps you in ways that you maybe even thought, didn't even think previously about. I think it's a wonderful thing now. Absolutely. And for anyone who says they can't learn anything online, my question back to them is, what was the last martial arts you know, video you watched on YouTube? What was the last DVD series that you bought? Or VHS series that you bought back in the day? Yep. You know? did yeah. You, did, you, did you buy that syllabus? Because you watched that. and trying to tell me that you learned zero from that? Yep. I think so. It's no, um, spot on. It's, it's spot on. Uh, Let's chat a wee bit about what you're actually teaching then. We've had, uh, I keep saying I'm not going to drop names on this and I keep dropping names. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to call myself Your podcast, out. man, go for it. <laughs> no, I know, but I keep, I keep, I keep, I'm going to call myself out to stop this. But uh, I had Bob Breen on a few episodes ago. Uh, and, well, yourself now, obviously, and Matt. And again, apologies to anybody, I hope I haven't missed somebody really obvious, who fighting Filipino, uh, sparring Filipino martial arts with the sticks. It's something I have, I would I would classify as zero knowledge on. Uh, but that's the stuff that you teach. So why don't we take a wee part and, and, and just let everybody know, and myself as well, uh, what it is you actually What's your history of martial arts? What what are this the stuff that's making up your courses? I think I'm I'm, I'm asking you there. Sure, it's it is mainly Filipino martial arts, and I'm uh, trained to instructor levels, kind of second degree black belt, approximately equivalents within those particular systems. 
in two different systems of um, Kali, which is one of the names, one of the sub umbrella terms for Filipino martial arts. You've got Kali, Eskrima, Arnis, FMA, Filipino martial arts. It's one of the problems because you don't know what to call ourselves and it's, okay. you've got to search for all those things to find everything. Um, and one side comes from the kind of Dan Inosanto, Rombaliki, and then Matthew Teasdale, who is my original instructor. He's based in Newcastle, really amazing martial artist. He was the one who kind of got me drawn into Kali in the first place. It's a combination of like mental and body gymnastics, but also still brutality of hitting each other really hard and how those two went together really you know, <laughs> really attracted me to it. So I, I like that. Um, and then my other main instructor is uh, Grandmaster Johan Skalberg of Sweden, and that's Kali Sikoran. And there are similarities between the two systems, but also some differences in their approaches. Uh, Kali Sikoran uses a lot of kind of single overarching principles that then flow through each level as like a uh, like a column, like a theme. And then for each level, you have varying levels of techni technical moves that go within that theme. So that's where the, so we're going to learn a whole lot more about the connections between different areas. So uh, for example, double stick, got one like arm length stick in each hand. Yep. And you kind of, you bash people in a different way, forehand and backhand, high and low, uh, could be stab, could be hit, could be hit with the short end. How does that relate to um, close range trapping or even like boxing style kind of punching? Yep. And to start with, I saw them as two separate things to learn. It's kind of double stick patterns. And then there's you know, put the sticks down now I'm learning something new. Yep, yep. Um, but really that organization by theme showed me that the, the main mechanics are the same. So the way that you drive off the ground with your feet, the way you turn your hips and your shoulders, the way that you kind of load your body into something. So if I'm hitting a, I even got a stick here. Of course I've got a stick. <laughs> no, I don't have enough space to do it, right? So if I'm hitting uh, an upper, slashing uppercut with my, my stick pen, yep left hand that's exactly the same mechanics as like a bolo punch or an uppercut yep itself Spot on. And, and one trains the other when you're when you're holding a weapon whether it's um, uh, like a arm length stick or you've got a few areas with a longer stick which is like belt level to ground that you can hold with two hands or one hand and swing really far okay, yep. you've got to make your footwork work really really well because suddenly the circle where you're inside the danger zone, it's so much bigger. You know, if you're kickboxing, then it's basically leg length plus a little bit of hip extension yep. as the rate in a circle. But you've got to stay upright because body mechanics are important here. But if you've got a stick, you can kind of lean and you can have, you can lean pretty far and just swing the stick. And it's just the weight of, at the tip is all that needs to cause damage. So go from having like a, like a two meter diameter circle a danger zone you need to stay out of if you're playing outside to like a four meter or a five meter circle and so suddenly your footwork has to be a whole lot more effective yep and if you can bring your stick fighting footwork back to kickboxing then 
you'll be switching, you'll be making angles, you'll be all over the place, and your your opponent will find it a lot harder to hit you. Yep. Works 100% of the time, half the time, you know that. <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of, of teaching those arts, there's, there's main areas of uh, single stick, double stick, uh, long stick, it's called largo mano, which is long hand. A, a lot of the language is either um, Tagalog or Visayan from the Philippines, or kind of Spanish, Portuguese, sounding or English or some mash of two or three of those right, okay, things. Yeah. So I'll try and keep it to plain English kind of uh, <laughs> terminology. Um, yeah, lo- uh, single stick, double stick, long stick, um, knife. And knife can be like one knife each, like okay. a dueling situation, yep. um, which could be sport oriented or it could be more um, war oriented yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A word because it's like all martial arts comes from a you know one tribe on this island wants to go and try and finish off the other tribe on the island so they can have the whole island to themselves how do they do it in a team yeah you know, what tools do they have available what tactics suit those tools in the situation and then that forms that forms what they do uh, so yeah knife can be um one knife each or one knife versus nothing, which is horrible, really awful training. Important, but really awful. Yep. Um, we got, you ever see the training knives that are like aluminium and they, they look good because they kind of flash a reflection and make you think a little bit in that way. But, oh. Here's one I made earlier. Here's one I made earlier. Here's another one I made it. Oh, I'll stop now. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they flash in reflection and get people's attention and can cause that that um, psychological pause, yeah. which is helpful to try and overcome and address during training. But you can't really go very hard with them because even though they're aluminium, they're not sharp at all. Because you can still get pretty badly damaged with a hunk of metal, you yeah. know, hitting you and going, uh, being thrust into you in a, by someone who's trying to resist. Yeah, yeah. We have these. Um, padded training knives that are like a wooden core and then foam padding around the outside okay, and yeah, you yeah. can pretty much go at close to 100 percent and not really have any injuries to show for it you can yeah. you can mark them with lipstick on the end and wear a white t-shirt and then really see how effective it is yeah and you could maybe take your 99 percent chance sorry one percent chance of surviving to maybe like a 1.5 percent chance of surviving or two percent chance of surviving, and like there are some people who say, "Well, why bother training it then if you still only got a two percent chance of surviving?" And the way that I look at it is, "Well, look, you've just doubled your odds of surviving. That's actually pretty good." Yeah. And yep. just because it might be a, a a low likelihood, high consequence, dire situation, doesn't mean I can just bury my head in the sand and ignore it. So, like, that's where we can get to with. That's really interesting, actually, just if I can jump in there a wee second. Uh, yeah, I want to actually take a wee pause there and, and explore my bias. And again, this is something that's been really refreshing about starting the podcast is going into it with an open mind with everybody. And even what we just talked about five, ten minutes ago about 
changing my attitude to online courses and stuff. Like, I've been one of the people on Facebook or any of these martial arts forums being really critical of weapons training. And again, being the idiot that hasn't done, I've, again, I've, I've done enough weapons training that I would still categorize it as no weapons training in the big picture of things. And, and being the guy that was like, you shouldn't be training with knives. And do, do you know, just there must be, there's thousands of people like me out there. Uh, but just yeah. to be said that again started me thinking on, well, if I was being attacked by a knife, I would rather have 2% chance of survival than one. Surely you would. Obviously you would. That's <laughs> stupid if you say that it wouldn't. But have you come across, I'll be polite to myself, people like me uh, who are, who are close-minded in, in, in weapons training and things, and do you know, ah, like, oh, you'd never survive that, and that's that's just a stupid thing to do. It can't be. This is the more mature me, which hopefully starting to develop now nowadays. My wife wouldn't agree with that, but hey-ho. There's <laughs> <laughs> always time, man. You're all right. It's always I know, time. Okay, okay. Um, yes, some, some. And the way I advertised my um, physical classes before the pandemic was... Um, I'm going to digress, but that's cool. As well as the weapon side of Filipino martial arts, there's a full empty hands unarmed side okay and it looks a lot like a lot of other unarmed empty hand sides so it's you know kick punch knee elbow headbutt clinch throw takedown grapple on the ground um but then we because there's no real rule set that we're training to we can throw in more spicy stuff and different different beginning setups Yep. So it could be doing that from a conversational setup or the interview stage or a, a fence or a crowded place where you don't know who's going to try and hit me first. Mm -hmm. But there's that whole empty-handed side as well. So the way I'd advertise my classes is, and the way I'd split them by teaching, is I'd say that there was Kali, which is kind of weapons and trapping and more martial arty side. And there's, um, I call it Kickboxing Plus, which is... Google friendly term. Yep. Um, so if somebody was searching for kickboxing near me, there we go, right at the top. Get, go, oh, see, after we spoke about pausing there, uh, you actually stalled just for a second. Just, just tell us what that that term was again. There, sorry. Um, for the for the two class types, the, 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 we, we, the Cali one we got, and then you stalled on the kickboxing plus. Is that? Yes, uh, so uh, Kali is the kind of the weapons and trapping and more martial arty flow drill side. Yep. And then kickboxing plus is the empty hands and um, spicy elements okay. kind, of, kind of thrown in there. And the idea of that is that kickboxing is a much more highly searched for term. And so when people are searching Google for kickboxing near me, then I would kind of ping higher up on the ranks oh, yeah, and they'd, yeah. they'd see it and go, oh, well, there's, there's kickboxing and there's kickboxing and there's kickboxing plus. Very good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that that then attracts the type of students that I want to hang out with. So that's also uh, part of it. But yeah. if someone were, um, there was a couple of people who did come along for the kind of kickboxing trial lessons and signed up for that program. 
and I talk to them about the Carly side of things and say, you know, we, we kind of, because I'm used to it and I like it, I go, yeah, it's great for training with weapons like sticks and knives and stuff. And they get this kind of yep. look, look on the face and go, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to carry a knife. And I'm like, <laughs> I never said that, did I? <laughs> I don't think I said that, but it's, it's something I take for granted, but it, it, it must still be there in lots of people's minds that to, to understand something from both sides of the coin means that you have this three-dimensional um, or a plug for Bob Breen four-dimensional view because you've got three dimensions and time mixed four, right? That's not his four dimensions, I know, but that's... <laughs> It was a nice synergy, and um, yeah, Bob's amazing. I really enjoyed that interview. That was really cool. He was, yeah, he was very cool, very, very. Um, but yeah, if you if you only think about it from okay, I need to defend against baseball bat, knife attack, iron bar. What else would it be? You know, oh. headbutt, haymaker, tackle, kind of stuff. If you only need to defend against those, then that's only one side of that coin. And if you're if you get good at being an attacker in those ways, then you fully understand all the dimensions of the object and of the situation and what works well and what doesn't. Um, plus, there's the, the additional benefit of if you can train yourself as an attacker, you can be a more realistic, more difficult attacker for your partners who are trying to defend against it. Yeah. So um, I'll bring the knives out again. But let's let's just say we're learning knife defense, and all I know as an attacker is like this kind of thing. Yeah, it's not that's not a realistic attack, and I'm not putting any effort in. Harry's Whereas if I'm going with like yeah. that kind of deal, you are currently doing a Michael Myers from Halloween, stabbing, uh, yeah. crushing there, which yeah is completely unrealistic. But yeah, no, no, yeah, and. Don't get me wrong, it's a good start point because like any technique, you've got to start with no resistance and then or and then a small amount of resistance just to understand the way the technique's got to go and where your body's got to move and where their body might move as well. But quite rapidly, we've got to move beyond that to the point where you're looking for mechanical proficiency. And so you have somebody who's attacking, attacking with more mechanical force driving, driving in and through. And so you realize, okay, I've got to either really block them and be stronger and heavier than them, or what's more likely, I'm going to be a bit lighter, a bit weaker, and a you know half a second behind. I've probably got to try and move myself. No. Excuse me, notifications. Okay. Probably got to try and move myself, and that's something where I can explain it till I'm blue in the face. Okay, we're going to warm up nicely here, and you're going to have your attacker come like straight down from the top, and I want you to step with your feet and move offline. Going to come down from the top. You're going to step with your feet. And move offline and the number of people that i watch because the attack is being nice because it's just a warm-up they watch and they just kind of put their arm up like this like a like a block overhead yeah. and they don't move their feet i go okay and they go yeah but it worked i said right but what's going to happen when the force is turned up when the speed is turned up when the intention and the attitude of the of the feeder of the attacker is turned up is it still going to work then Oh, probably not. Okay, so why bother training it now? Because you're ingraining something that is not going to work no. later. So let's maybe maybe the listening part is not going to work for you in the learning stage. You've got to either watch it 
or read it or write it down yourself yep. or feel it. Yep. That yep. person might be someone who needs that feeling element to understand why I'm asking them to step offline using their feet. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I do still get those questions of why would I want to learn weapons if I don't want to use them. That's a brilliant uh, answer. It's, it's a brilliant that's, answer. That's why. And, and that... That applies to the to the you know the law in the UK and and several other countries, but there are countries that you might travel to where carrying a weapon is is more acceptable. Yeah. And if it's more acceptable, is it more likely that you may face a situation where it could be useful? In which case, I'd probably want to train myself in a way that I could do it effectively. So I don't want to carry an object that that in my head I can use but I can't get it out and into my hand under stress or I can and I drop it and they take it and now they've got two. Yep. So that's why. That's perfect. As I say, I mean, plus, it's, plus it's fun to whack your mates with a stick. <laughs> well, there's that too. Uh, that, that should be in your advertising somewhere because as we've been talking today and mentioning the sticks, I'm thinking it must be fun just hitting each other with a big stick. <laughs> There's something fundamentally attracted about that for, for training. Uh, see, as it you were is. talking, I noted down here a bit about building confidence. And you said, I don't want you to have to miss the opportunity. You were going to go back to that. Do you remember what it was you were thinking at the time? It was when you were um, talking about uh, ways that people learn and your process of taking them through. And you did say, I'll come back to that. That I just don't yes. want you to miss that. Yes, and that's, that's with... It's particularly applicable to people who have maybe been um, burnt with trying to learn, you know, stick or complicated stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the past. And and it wasn't, that's not their fault of the instructor because maybe that instructor was at the point in their journey where they're so excited about what they've finally worked out they can do, they want to show off. And that, I totally get that, yep. 100%. But it wasn't useful and it might be useful for some of their students who need that next level of inspiration to go oh, cool i could do the fundamentals pretty well but oh wow that looks amazing so yeah. i'm not degrading instructors who do that but perhaps for the newbie that was just that was too much and you know kind of broke their maximum threshold of complicatedness they can take in and they they switched yeah. to their kind of habitual thoughts of i don't get it straight away it must mean i'm stupid i'm definitely useless I feel guilty about that time in my childhood when I, you know, because all the thoughts are chained together, aren't they? So the way that I try and present things and also interact with people digitally is I try and only give encouragement, uh, certainly publicly. Yep. I'll, I'll publicly praise anything that I that I, I like and have kind of seen seen them do. And then if they're actually a student of mine and if they've asked for feedback, then I'll give them, I'll give them points for improvement privately. Yeah. Um, if there's someone that I, that I know and have a pre-existing relationship with and I see them doing something and I think I could help them, then mm -hmm. privately I'll ask them, do you mind if I offer a bit of feedback? Because mm -hmm. it pisses me off no end if someone's like, your elbow is too high. <laughs> I keep that inside of me because social media is, is a feeder-based game. It's not a, 
if I respond, then they learn about me and they even have the upper hand. But if I don't respond, I've learned about them and a little bit about their personality and what they're like. But they haven't learned anything new about me. That's golden. That so, is yeah. I love that. Computer-based game. So, so what I try and do publicly is, you may have seen this, I really don't like the like reaction on Facebook. Yeah. Because it's, maybe people don't mean this this way and it might just be my own attachment to it, but it feels lazy, right? Scroll, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll, scroll, like. <laughs> if you actually like something, do the decency of just a teeny bit more effort, hold, love, hold, one of the other yeah. you know, reactions and a, and a comment as well, because there's, there's a bit of playing the algorithm mm -hmm. there, but there's also the psychological element of we shape the behavior of others by what you pay attention to. Yeah. And so I try and notice when I try and notice the good things about people more than the things that annoy me a little bit or I kind of you know feel neutral or flat about. And that that not only shapes my world, but also helps influence what they do, what they put out, what they pay attention to, and hopefully how they think too. So That's wonderful. Almost, almost finishing the circle back to my earlier, my earlier point about when I'm, um, when I'm teaching others, and whether it's in a pre-recorded video or in a kind of live situation, then I'll try and just keep the encouraging words. They have to be genuine. It can't just be this like vapid throwaway thing. It has to be has to be genuine and deserved, but it, it doesn't have to be held back. Yeah. And like, I, I've seen some of the videos that you make for your students and they showcase your students in a really excellent way. There's, from the ones I've seen, there's like hardly anything of you or the other instructors. It's just like your students doing something cool, smiling, helping each other. And if I was, if I saw my instructor made one of those, I'd kind of, I'd go, Oh, cool I feel good about that okay I'm going to try just a little bit harder next time yeah. you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna only eat one biscuit from the tin not not 17 okay cool I feel a bit better about myself I'm going to be slightly nicer to the people around me yeah, yeah. so I, I think you do this as well and uh, I bet it's intentional because you're you're a thoughtful like intelligent <laughs> chap who's who's seen the feedback I'm sure yeah it's although just when you say I think if I think if I were in the videos, I, I don't think I'd be attracting as many students as what my amazing students do. So uh, there's always that. But that wee bit there, just you've just gave us is absolute gold. That's uh, and so so true. Just about the, the 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 that extra wee bit of effort about actually feeding back to people what what you're actually thinking. It's yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, do you know? That's that was a brilliant segue again onto something else, and it was an area. And again, I can't remember when I heard you talking about this, but this is something that I've tried to explore with a few people. Is and it's not to get all sort of therapist on you here, but you're were you one of those people that was sort of lacking confidence in yourself, and then and I'll, I'll I'll tell you where I'm going with this. 
and then obviously found that magic that many of us have done in martial arts because now what you're doing I guess what we're all doing is teachers in a way is passing that gift on and we use all these words like gift and magic and stuff and it might seem a bit airy-fairy sometimes but I actually believe that we are because I was in that position I mean what martial arts done for me as a young person was just it was amazing and and that that's that must be 90% of my drive for teaching kids is to pass that on were, were you similar to that yeah yeah very similar it's like um kind of had it all together on the outside but a bit like a bit hollow not believing myself on the inside yep yep and kind of so this is like as like a young man like late teens early 20s and there was a fair bit of bravado involved but there's no like substance underneath it um until yeah until i learned how to fight against people who were trying to fight against me and i found i could hold my own or even if i couldn't i'd still get up at the end of it like yeah. i'm not not made of glass don't. Just said that. The, 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 <laughs> that yep. Don't, don't shatter at the slightest pebble. You know, and that's where things like, um, like weights as well, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, like lifting heavy weight doesn't have it has a small amount a small amount of combative follow over. Yeah. Yep. Like I wouldn't want to get punched by Eddie Hall even before his boxing training. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but it, it, there's a similar like a little bit of physical danger mm -hmm. and <laughs> literally overcoming resistance yeah yeah you know there's there's some heavy stuff on your back trying to drive you into the ground <laughs> you get down and you stand back up again yes there's this you know there's a literal interpretation of that for for weight training and also in, in martial arts as well. And I'm sure there's other sports that do it too, but still martial arts is my favorite because you're actually learning to fight against someone who's trying to resist you or yep. trying to hold you or drag you somewhere or take you down or, or you know, stab you until you can't carry on, which is, yep, yep. which is one of the more extremes of where it goes to, which is kind of circles back to where I, I kind of, I like Filipino martial arts because of that extremity element because um, if you can face that and you can face your own mortality in that way and overcome it and increase your chances from 1% to 1.1%, then you kind of go, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit better. I'm going to die less often. That's indeed, indeed. handy. Um, but yeah, in terms of personally, it absolutely transformed my outlook of myself in the way that I see myself in interacting with others and you know it's helped me boost my career pretty high it's um given me the confidence to ask my wife out on the first date <laughs> it's kind of cool and um yeah start a family and start a club kind of open the doors and go this is me yeah. Show up if you like it. And with that comes a risk of somebody going, I don't like it. But you know what? 
That's fine. That's it's fine, mate. Don't worry. But this is the part that I try to get across to adult students. I try to get this across to parents. Uh, as I've got older and more experienced, I do realise that it isn't for everybody. I, I, I don't think everybody can do it. And again, some people will disagree with that. I used to think that I could absolutely help change everybody's life. And as you get a wee bit older, you, you get a wee bit more relaxed in your thinking and and, uh, and things change. But the people, the people who do sort of stick it out, it's, I'm lost for superlatives here. It, it can literally, <laughs> it can, but it, it just, it changes, it changes people. The, the, the people I notice in a lot, uh, and I know we started on uh, Fight Dad, but I notice it a lot on, on female students as well. And I've spoken about this in the podcast before. And I always think to myself, I'm pro- I might be opening myself for criticism here if I put this the wrong way, but I see a lot of females coming to my school who have one or two kids, three kids, and they're running about sort of crazy and they've got married and they have to do their full-time job and everything that being a mum involves, as well as a dad. Uh, but they actually come to martial arts and they refine themselves and they actually pass their first grading or they do their first sparring session and they think, this wasn't my husband that done this. This wasn't my kids. This was me. And I watch this from a, a distance and I th- that gives me amazing pride because I see it all the time. Now that can happen for men and women. I'm not saying it, it can't. Uh, and it can happen for kids. And our youngest student is is will be four, and our oldest student I actually had a coffee with this morning, uh, and he's sixty-eight. Martial arts, it's just as, as I say, we we won't carry on this thread much longer because we could just sit here for the next ten hours and talk about how amazing <laughs> martial arts is. It is, but but you found that it changed your life for sure, obviously. Yeah, definitely, and. I really hear what you're saying about the about the mum who comes along because it can it can happen to anybody, right? Is that they find themselves giving a hundred percent of themselves to other people, and yeah, I, I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but it, in our society, it is it does happen to a higher proportion of mums. Yep, yep. I think yep. from my from my experiences, there's always exceptions. Where, yeah, they've got their their kids and their kids are their world. If this, you know, if they've got their career as well, then that's that's basically three full time careers already. Yeah, and their careers, their world as well. And maybe they have a bit of time to hang out with their spouse or any other family members. And, you know, there's got to be some element of of life management and kind of, you know, running running household. Whether that's hopefully that's shared should be dads step it up. <laughs> Should be shared, man, or even more more on the dad side. Like it's it's out for negotiation, but there's no forgetting it anymore. <laughs> but it can be very simple for well, simple. It can be a slippery slope. It's the frog in water that's heated up slowly, doesn't realize it's too hot until it's too late, right? Yeah, yeah Where you, you're giving a hundred percent of yourself to other people, and there's no time for for something that's entirely yours or something that is 
starts off as a, a method of recharging mm -hmm. or a method of switching your brain. I don't want to say switch your brain off, but switch your brain to something else. Yes. Yeah. And there's a danger that that's like, you know, Netflix and a beer, which is a place I found myself over the last year and <laughs> yep. trying to find myself some accountability by posting my progress online. But that's, that's to the side. So if you can, if you can get one of these students who previously has, has given all of themselves away to someone else, deservedly or not, and they're they, they in need of a recharge, and they kind of come along and the first few sessions are, it is brain switch off and just by doing something completely different. And that's where like ultra simple, high reps, sweating at the end. Cool. That's probably the ideal thing that they actually need. Yeah. We like really need in that exact moment. And then after doing a little bit of that, you might feel a bit more, a bit more back towards their actual balance. And they go, hang on a second, jab, jab, cross, round kick. I've done this before. I can do it better this time. Ah. And that that might be that first like kind of little light bulb moment that you as an instructor see. And it gives me the tingly feeling as well. It's amazing. So kind of, ha, I've got you hooked. Yes, <laughs> perfect. And then it's step by step. And then, you know, like you say, it's first sparring session or it's switching partners or working with somebody bigger than them that they, they don't know before if they came with a friend or something. Yeah. Um, first grading is a really big one. It's probably the hardest grading. Yeah. Yeah. Performance yeah. pressure and everything. What if I fail? The world will end. <laughs> Because yeah, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? But, but yeah, get kind of drawing those people in is 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 magical, I think. And there's there's a, there's there's understandably a section of martial arts and martial artists where their main focus is either purely on fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's you know sport sparring sport fighting yep, combat yep, yep. sport side um, or it's purely on um, literal self self-protection because that's their context that's their circumstances where they live it's where they work it's what they need to do and that's that's brilliant then there's the kind of it's going to end up like a Venn diagram, isn't it? With the circles overlapping. And then there's the element of like self-improvement, which can also involve all of those things. And there's a, there's a line to tread as instructors of making the first few classes or the first year of training easy enough for the person who might be a bit timid or in need of that self-improvement part first to get into it before they then graduate towards the combat sport side and you can obviously sprinkle that in as we as we go for a sparring session like you said i call it i call it playtime games it's not sparring sparring has other connotations doesn't it yeah yeah um and, and that that progression up the ladder as far as they want to go 
Because who am I to tell them, you have to spar on your first class? Nah. We're going to do scenario training, two on one, both with a knife, class number one. Nah. Yeah. That's not how you, how you draw people in. It's how you filter people out if you only want to attract that type of person. Yeah, and yeah. That's cool, but that's, that's not my approach. Not nor mine, nor mine. Uh, okay, Ari, listen, I want to give you an opportunity before we finish up to give a, a shout out to where people can find all your, your content, courses, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, where can we find find that online or just more info. Thanks very much. Um, you mentioned it earlier, fightdad.com is my main website. You'll find um, courses on there, how to get in touch with me. Uh, if you want to buy a cool t-shirt or mug or just release them today, actually, um, really cool Fight Dad leggings. I think then... I'll pass on the leggings for everyone else's sake, but I might, I might invest in a mug from you. Okay, man. That's on merch.fightdad.com. Um, or the two websites linked to each other. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and email and telephone and in person. Perfect. Don't give them out, but they, they can just uh, either search Fight Dad or Harry Flexman on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook or uh, Fight Dad on Instagram. All of those places, all the places okay. you might find. Okay. No, it's all good, man. And um, thanks, thanks very much for having me on. I mean, on a personal level, if you want to get into the weapons training, I've got a free course that you're more than welcome to jump into. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's uh, we 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 spoke before, uh, or we were messaging back and forth, and I've managed to keep the podcast what I wanted it to be and we said well, I was talking to you about this but this has just been another example of that of just somebody really cool who I've really enjoyed chatting with them and that's exactly what I wanted it to be so no listen it's all it's it's a, a huge big thank you I've, I've really I really enjoyed spending I don't know I think we went over there today yeah we're, we must be about an hour and 20 minutes so that's been brilliant so thank you Harry so 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 much well, thank, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. No problem. Cool, man. Take care. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.